Hello, welcome back to the podcast, uh, J-O-P-R, I am Jay. And I'm Orlando. Um, and I'm probably sounding pretty monotone today, because we drank quite a bit last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the first time I can poke him if he's being annoying, so. Yeah, so we're actually in the same room um, this time, which would be a little bit different, so sound might be a bit different, I don't know, let us know. Um, yeah, we might as well jump straight into it with uh, with stories this week from uh, from sport. Yeah, so the one we should probably acknowledge and don't really want to talk about much at all is GB losing the final game uh, and not qualifying for the Olympics qualifiers, which not getting to the playing game, basically. Uh, it's obviously not the result we wanted. Um, from what I could see, they essentially kind of shut them out to start the game, never let them in and, and carried on from there. The dog's misbehaving now. Um, so yeah, no, it was... It, yeah, it was one that it looked like there might have been a bit of a comeback, but never really happened, and that's kind of the end of that. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if you watched the game. Yeah, the last game it did like that. GB, well, from my side of it, from what I saw, they just weren't really. They were never really in the game. Yeah. Um, I think the scoreline actually flatters GB. Yeah. Um, it was almost like they just didn't turn up, which I thought was a bit disappointing given the magnitude of the game, what it would have meant, um, and the fact that we we're at home as well. Yeah. Yep. We should have known hungry. We're going to be coming out hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we should have known that that's how they were going to come out. Yeah. Last time they played each other was the game that saw GB go up to the top division in the World Championships. And it was in Hungary. And we had a comeback, which... Yeah, so they're a bit pissed off about that. Obviously, this was their chance to, to get some revenge, which they did. And we just... It just doesn't look like we were prepared enough for it. Yeah. Disappointing. Well, we we talked about it with Dave as well, saying, do you reckon they're going to come in and go, well, remember what they did to us last time, let's go beat them. Mm. And well, it seems like that's exactly what they did. They went and sold this. We're going to beat these guys this time. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen quite a bit of chatter on Twitter, and honestly, I kind of agree with it, but you can't blame the refs. Um, but I do agree there was some really interesting officiating yeah. <laughs> in that game. There's an awful lot of penalties that just were not called. Um, I don't know. It, it was just kind of odd because in the IHF they seem to call everything, you know, yeah. in international hockey. You know, you you look at someone the wrong way and that's a five minute for fighting. Yeah. Um. So it, it was odd to see that. Um. But I think that's a different issue. That's not something that we should be talking about in the realms of GB lost referees were bad. No, no, no. Let's just say GB lost, which they did. They would have lost whatever the rest did. They just didn't turn up, frankly. Yeah. Um. And then a separate issue is how bad the officiating has been. Just in general, in hockey, in every league worldwide, the past sort of couple of seasons, it seems to have just gone downhill massively. Yeah. As well. Um, yeah, I mean, finding, I'd, and this is just for the UK, and I appreciate the rest of the IHF is, is different, but just finding refs in the UK who are half decent seems to be a challenge just because it's a niche sport that not many people do. So you see it at the lower, lower levels, and if you don't have much interest at the lower levels well it doesn't really permeate up to the top levels either mm. um, so you kind of need it to start from the bottom train everyone up from the bottom and then go on up from there yeah I mean we tend to find I mean obviously when, when we're playing sort of our level the refs really aren't that that great um, and that's no disrespect to them but obviously it's they there's only so much training they actually get yep um, you know it's, it's they're getting paid to turn up and do that. That's great. And it does get a bit frustrating sometimes when they they miss an awful lot. But at the same time, 
yeah, we, we don't really help matters. And I think this goes for a lot of the countries. Um, yeah. And even in the lower leagues in, in the US and Canada as well, that you hear a lot about it. And again, it's just there's just not that pathway. There's not that funding to train them up yeah. um, and to support them. You know, refereeing really is difficult to do as a side job, which yeah. outside of the NHL and maybe the Swedish leagues and the KHL, it's, um, it's not a full-time profession. No. Yeah, so I think that's a bit of a systemic issue that, um, yeah, it, it needs sorting, but how do you do it? Yeah, that's that's the thing. So yeah. uh, well, I imagine we could wax lyrical about that for a while. Yeah. Um, but speaking of systemic issues, Man City. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not, 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 <laughs> not, Give not the, me this one. Not the worst segue. Um, yeah. So now we've got the GB talk out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Like Orlando says, Man City are a hot topic in football. So it's not something we really talk about on this podcast much because we just don't follow it close enough to be honest. Um, but there's no hiding away from this. It's uh, quite interesting. We've got, we've got the BBC article actually up on one of the screens just for reference here. And just that that, that first subheading that I can see is like, what have they done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I find BBC Sport is actually, to be fair, fairly good at breaking to things be down. I hate you. Uh, is good at breaking things down so that... Um, I've lost my train of thought. So that even if you're not particularly interested in the sport, or even if you don't fully understand it, then you know what's going on. So it sounds like it all revolves around concealing payments for either sponsorship or endorsements or something like that. Yeah, so basically, it's all this whole thing started back in 2008. Um, end of 2008, the German um, sports newspaper, uh, Der Spiegel, it basically brought out claims that Man City um, and their sponsors basically found loopholes in the contracts to allow them to get around the financial fair play rules from UEFA. So while they don't have a salary cap in football, there is, for those who aren't aware, like the financial fair play is you have to be, your operating costs and your the expenditure and what you're actually making through sponsorship deals, this and that, are meant to allow you to spend a certain amount of it so if you're only earning so much you can only spend so much on players that's why the likes of Portsmouth the likes of Southampton about 10-15 years ago um, various other clubs like Berry, most recently one of the oldest clubs in the world is basically gone um, because of these financial rules Um, that's what they're there for but at the same time look what happens when they breach it Portsmouth were doing some pretty dirty shit, let's be honest, Harry. Um, is that why you're a fan of them? Yeah, exactly. As, uh, as Harry, Harry Redknapp was, obviously there was a lot of chat about his bungs, as they kept calling it, so basically yeah. just under the, under the table uh, money. And that was a very simple form of breaking the financial fair play rules. Yeah. But look what happened. Club is still trying to fight its way back up. Yeah. You know, they got punished for it, as they should, rightly, rightly so. Yeah. Um, although I think there's a bit more to it than that. That was the contracts that were heavily bonus laden yeah. and they never expected to get to Europe. They yeah. thought, ah, we've got a good team, but we'll never win anything. And then they won the FA Cup and got to Europe and had to pay all of a sudden like 20 million overnight, had to suddenly pay it. It's like, yeah. ah, we don't have that. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. So basically what Man City have done is a very high level version of that um, with loopholes here, there and everywhere. And yeah, they basically misled UEFA with sort of, this is what our financials are, so we can chuck all this money in. And was it uh, Sheikh Mansour, um, the owner of the club from Abu Dhabi? Obviously, he's just got 
endless money pretty much so he's just been chucking it in um but in order for them to actually spend that money they've had to fabricate shit or find ways around actually making it look like they are legitimately allowed to spend that much money okay so that's where the issue is they've had to basically pretend they've got the the ability to do that so it went from there they got investigated beginning of last year so this time last year they started a bit of an investigation they were found guilty man city have they went back and they've done a bit of um appealing on it didn't go so well uh they tried to actually have the uefa investigation halted as well uh, in november 2019 apparently strong yeah so that's yeah that's, i i don't get how at what point they figured that was going to make them look good no. i mean you're screwed you're not hiding away from that one you're gonna get caught just accept it you know so as a result they've been banned from playing european club competitions so that would be a champions league and i forget what it's called these days it used to be the uefa cup uh, Europa League, I think it's called now. Quite possibly, um, I'm the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, so basically they've been uh, they've been banned from that, and uh, the official reasoning is they've been found guilty of committing serious breaches of UEFA's club licensing and financial fair play regulations. And the Premier League um, champions, sorry, I read that as a Premier League saying something. Sorry, actually Man City. Sorry, their response was, "We're disappointed, but not surprised." <laughs> so it's it's prejudiced. We didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like it's a little bit harsh, but at the same time, it's difficult. And obviously, we'll find out a bit more as it goes on, and more and more documents or details are released. So we'll see whether they're actually whether that's a bit extreme, whether it's a fair punishment. We don't know. Um, there is a history of when teams become really successful, everyone hates them and wants to do what they can to to knock them off their pedestal, you know, which is something everyone needs to hate Man U for that, 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 reason. that same reason. Like, I don't, I, I have no reason to not like them other than they used to do really well. Yeah. That's they, the only reason. Yeah, and they used, to, they used to just chuck money around like nothing. Yeah. Um, and everyone hated them for that. I would constantly be accusing them of doing this, that, and everything else. So whether this is a, a witch hunt that's kind of, They've almost made stuff fit the, yeah. the, the allegation, or not. Honestly, um, I, I think they did it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I honestly think it's just a case of to what degree uh, it was you know, as to whether it really deserves that sort of punishment. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine there are shades of grey all over the place with this kind of stuff because mm. there would be. So, yeah, you won't really know. Yeah, I mean, what we might try and do is next next week, um, hopefully there'll be a bit more info come out yeah. um, by Catch next weekend on it. Yeah. And I might try, we might try and get a, an interview with uh, Man City superfan, um, who's also my interim boss at the moment. That works, that works. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom, he is, yeah, he's a diehard City fan, season ticket holder for how many years, um, with him and his dad. Um and maybe even that, I'll try and get his dad involved, who actually was um, used to be chairman of Mansfield, I think, okay. um, or Chesterfield, possibly. So he, he's been quite involved in you know in football at a high level. So they're more probably going to be better understanding of what's actually <laughs> gone down, what's happened, yeah. what it means, what's what rules have actually been broken yeah. within that. Because we say fair play regulations, but. There's Last time one. I tried looking, I think it was like a hundred and something page document. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be a combo of whatever's in there. So, yeah. so yeah, it's kind of like a bit of a bit of a hit, a bit of a shock to, um, to the football world really when it comes to that because that is obviously huge, such a big, rich club. Um, 
So yeah, it'd just be interesting to see how it comes out and whether this will lead to some of the other teams that really spend big being investigated now just as a hold-up. If these yeah. guys were doing it, how you know, surely everyone else was. Well, surely part of sports is you use whatever advantage you can to try and win. And if that advantage is trying to bend the rules as far as you can, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people didn't do it. It's just when you bend them too far and they break, and you break the rules. Yeah, um, and that actually kind of leads into into the rugby um, quite nicely as well, which is something that I was just going to bring up, the fact that Saracens are, that they're still a bit not sure what, what they're doing next year, whether they're going to go down. But the news came out this week that Saracens, um, if they do go down to the rugby championship and they decide to stay in the UK ready to come back up again, the financial or the salary caps in the championship, there isn't actually one. So, okay. So they, they get, they've got to get rid of a few players anyway. Yeah. Um, it's just going to happen. But as part of that, if they then go down, they'll still be able to pay these ridiculous salaries to to these players. They'll get to keep them. They'll come straight back up again. So it'll just yeah. be, be it's just like a year of punishment. Yeah. Won't won't do that much. Um, but there's a lot of uproar that the RFU has just chucked a load of funding into. Um, into the championship, yeah, and the idea is, yeah, try and help grow that game and you know, try and get a few more players because obviously all the Saracens players will still be able to play for England. They'll still be eligible yeah. for that. Yeah, no issues. Yeah. Um, but what it does mean is that Saracens will then get a share of that money, of that <laughs> revenue. <laughs> so it's almost not a bad thing. It's yeah, so they'll, they'll actually get additional funding on top of them, more than they would actually get when they're in the Premiership to help <laughs> by going down. So oh, that seems. Oh. To be fair, that sounds like, and I'm going to watch Sarri's Wasps next week, next Friday, uh, so we'll uh, see how sad they look, I suspect that won't really impact on the yeah. on the pitch, but yeah, um, but it's almost like NHL players, when they get sent down to the AHL, get a bonus because they're not paying escrow, yeah. and so in the NHL you have to pay a percentage of your salary to 15%. escrow, 15%, there you go, um, in the AHL you don't, so any of these big players who get sent down save a lot of money, because for example, oh, who was it, it was... People like Wade Redden and things yeah, like that, when yeah. he was still making lows and lows and lows, was being buried in the minors and just instantly got a 15% pay rise. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's all right. <laughs> yeah, extra 300 grand. Oh, yeah. Happy days. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's kind of like, it, to me, it's a very similar situation to the Man City. It's just yeah. rugby isn't quite as big um, over here, so it's not been quite the shock. Um, in rugby circles, it has it's been yeah. a massive shock. Yeah. Um, but again, it was a loophole. Yeah. And like Alan said, it's you're finding a way to win to, to get that advantage. And yes, it's unfair and unethical, but it's sport. You're trying to win. <laughs> yeah, like, well, the, the whole part of sport is you do everything to win. And like that's being competitive. And generally the people in management and sport are sportsmen. And so they are used to being competitive and trying to do whatever they can to win. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Um I don't think with Man City it will cause a problem because there's no issue on the cap. It was more their purchasing of players because any North American uh, listeners probably don't know how close you follow the football. Um, If you do, you'll probably know this already, but you don't trade players like you do in most of those sports. They actually, you buy players from other teams. Um, So you actually buy out their contracts, essentially. You purchase them. Um, so that's where the, the, the financial limits are put on rather than on what you can actually pay them once they get to you. So, uh, 
Yeah, a little bit different, whereas obviously rugby's got that salary cap. But yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, Jesus, you're, you're investing stuff for the players, you're buying houses or helping them set up businesses as as yeah. ways of getting the extra money. And I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's annoying that they've done it to get around these rules, you know, but at the same time, not a bad way of doing it. If I was a player, I'd be fucking tempted because, you know, well, they help you set up a business. They invest in a business that gives you a, a secondary revenue stream. But yeah. then when you leave the club and you retire, you still got, you still got the business. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, what do you do as a sportsman once uh, once your career's over? Well, unless you're, you're half decent at commentary or punditry, then you just, well, what are you going to do? You yeah. know, <laughs> chances are you've not got you know, university degrees to fall back on or done an apprenticeship or anything and, you know, plumbing or this or that. You don't, you don't necessarily have that to fall back straight on. So, yeah, from a player's perspective, I do not blame them for getting no. involved. Yeah, not at all. They definitely know. There's no way that when they're coming out saying, oh, they didn't realise this. No, no, you knew. <laughs> you knew exactly what you were doing. But also, 99 out of 100 people would have done the same. <laughs> so, yeah, we can't get too high and mighty on this. No. no. Well, oh. to be fair, speaking of doing whatever you can to win, have you ever strapped a knife to your foot and kicked someone in the chest? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. That was so, um, oh, wait, I know I did used to play against Paul High School, so I'm no, sure one of did. Yeah. Uh, so, Waffle is doing something, and I'm now terrified. Um, so, Zach Cassian got tied up, let's say, uh, with Austin Sernak, I believe. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 I'm with you. You're with you, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't a good tangent. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so he got tied up. They went down to the ice. Um, my words won't do this justice, but essentially Cassian rolls over, looks at him and kicks him in the chest. And talk about anything from the made-up code to, whilst a human being, don't kick him with your knife foot. I yeah. can't quite see any way to justify that. Um, <laughs> Cassian said he was just trying to push himself away, get some space, uh, and there was no kind of malice or nothing bad there. You've got a knife on your foot. You're probably going to hurt him. Don't kick him with your foot knife. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's obviously come out today, which yeah. is just before we start recording. So that's really good timing that they've actually yeah. passed, um, passed sentence, if you will. And they might as well not bother. Yeah. It's just as expected. The NHL's done screwed up again. Yeah. Um, it's some point they need to just give up. Um, and just sack everyone in the player safety department. Well, so don't have the people who used to do that. Passing yeah. judgment on the people who do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's an argument for another day, isn't it? Yeah. But it's it's interesting that he gets so he's got seven games suspension. And just before we started recording, we watched the uh, explanation video. Yeah. And jeez, yeah. It's I don't. Going, oh. it, the Oilers say it wasn't too hard, and he says he didn't mean to. We believe them, and they're like, yeah, exactly. What? It's, yeah, they're saying that he said he used. He used his foot to push off to get space. Yep. He draws his knee back and in a kicking, jerking motion. Not It's not a gentle nudge out of the way like their description sounds. It's a full-on kick to the chest with the fucking blade leaving. The best yeah. part of that is you're actually quoting them from earlier in the same video when they start by going, this is kicking. <laughs> and you're like, Ugh. yeah. So we recommend watching it. Um, I think it's on it's on YouTube. It's on the NHL website. I, we yeah. honestly we recommend. In fact, we'll tweet out the link yeah. to it. We recommend you check it out. It's firstly kind of funny 
the, the, the whole explanation video, if you can take away the fact that that was an extremely dangerous play and could yeah. have gone very wrong if, you know, um, if Archibald moved slightly it, a different way. Fair, if you look at the video, it looks like he clips him with the back of his skate as he gets up. Yeah. Um, so it looks like he also kicks his own teammate in the head. Yeah. But we'll ignore that part. Yeah. Because yeah. foot knife game fun. Yeah. Uh, so... Oh, yeah, if, if he misses, if he slips, if if any of that changes, that could be straight to the throat. Yeah, and that, and you know, anyone skates. Obviously, you know how sharp your blades end up being. Um, if you just go to a local rink, it's soft. Yeah, they, they don't actually do it properly. They're crap blades. They're always blunt. Um, but I so when we when I play really regularly, I I would get my skates done every couple of weeks just because I really like having a sharp blade. NHL players. They get their, well, quite a lot of them, especially the heavier players, such as Mr. Cassian, because yep. um, let's face it, he's a freaking unit, man. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a big boy. His players like him will have their, their blades sharpened between periods. Yeah. Like, they will get back to the changing room, skate straight off. Well, these days, I think they just swap out the blades now, don't you? With the new yeah. live speeds. But they will have freshly sharpened blades on us. Like, they're no more than 20 minutes of, well, not even that. His ice time, what does he get? Five minutes of plug like him? Oh, he's, uh, he's playing first line in Edmonton. <laughs> of course he is, because yeah. Edmonton. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking otherwise. He's playing one or so, so he's probably uh, getting about 20 minutes a night. But yeah. that's seven minutes. Yeah, <laughs> so seven minutes of skating on a blade, so yeah. you're still going to be pretty sharp. Yeah. You can um, shave with that still. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, we. so I was trying to remember the name of the player, and it was Kyle Clutterbuck. Uh, got caught by Patrice Berger on skate, and mm. yeah, slashed his wrist open, and that was, what, December? 20th of December, apparently. Um, so yeah, so fairly recently. Um, oh, and fr- friend of the show, um, Brendan Polini. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, well, literally last That's weekend, it. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so just again, innocent play, player hit. In fact, I don't think he. Uh, no, he player avoided the hit, stumbled. Yeah. Uh, and as he was going down to the ice, you that know, was the leg just flailed up. It, it yeah. wasn't dirty, but literally just leg flailed, and yeah. I think Polini was sort of going down a bit as well, so yeah. he was off balance. So as he came down, met the blade, and pretty almost cut his nose off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was savage. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and literally it was like millimetres from his eye. Yeah. You know, like, slight different timing, and he's lost his eye. He's got yeah. no sight in that right eye. That's savage. So. Yeah. And so clearly, knife feet are bad. Don't yeah. hit people with your knife feet. <laughs> yeah, which, 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 I don't see how... Yeah. And he's a repeat offender, Yeah. so I don't get how seven games... Yeah, so he, he got a seven... Should be 20. He I'm got sorry. a seven-game suspension eight games after coming back from suspension he only just <laughs> was playing longer than he's been suspended uh, that's ridiculous yeah it, it's it's silly um, and I just I don't know how it's no I don't know how the NHL continues to do this we've been doing it for years now and I get some of the stuff some of the suspensions where it's like oh, we have to do it but yeah. it wasn't intended fine and they're inconsistent with that because honestly they don't they really think, want to, but they need to. Yeah, really. and they kind of just make it up. Yeah. Um, and they go by which team's going to give them the most abuse online for it. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it seems to be. Or the old South Park, cut a chicken's head off and let them run around on the wheel and see where it lands. Yeah. Um, probably be more consistent, actually, yeah, the NHL would, if yeah. they did that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been really interesting on that one. And it's a shame because it gave the NHL an opportunity to really <laughs> go don't kick people with skates yeah and more <laughs> that just to show that you know what we are taking player ser- safety seriously yeah. and to me that doesn't say that no not at all you know obviously Edmonton fans are going to complain about it you yeah. know well all fans are going to complain one side or the other oh yeah 
it would, even if it was a fair suspension, in my view, you know, doesn't mean that others think that is the fair. You know, well, I'd say twenty games, but then, yeah. you know, I'm just sick of sick of this shit happening. Like, you know, <laughs> we've talked about Zach Cassian so much more than we should. Like, yeah, why are we still talking about it? But yeah, uh, to be fair, the Oilers are going through a fair amount of Russell turnover at the moment because uh, have oh, what's what's that guy's name? It's like Connor. Uh, Connor McDavid, have you heard of him? Oh, that plug. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's out Dust for a couple up. of weeks. Uh, so What's he done? He has <laughs> torn his left quad. Uh, Wait, so, he has quads? Yeah, apparently. I so, thought he was um, just like some sort of bionic shit going down either. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. He's, he's torn his left suspension spring. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, he's just... That man's a machine. That's, that's no human. <laughs> no, so uh, it, apparently it's not related to his PCL. Uh, which he was obviously rehabbing for. I say, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently it was. It happened during a game, and he practiced and was like, "Oh, it's a bit sore." And they were like, "Okay." <laughs> X-rayed him, and he's like, "Yeah, you torn your quad. Stop. What are you doing?" Mm. Uh, so he's gone back to the same rehab place where he did, uh, rehabbed for his PCL um, to try and do it all together. So it'll be interesting to see how the others do because I was looking. At the standings. Oh, just um, just quickly, sorry, what were you getting at? I was going to say, um, I've noticed you're watching that on here, oh, reading that from ESPN, getting the update. I was just wondering if that was Sportsnet, where the next article was going to be, because Conor McDavid's gone back to, from the look of it, gone back to Toronto for, yeah. re- for rehab, obviously, to the hospital facilities, you know, go home, yeah. get well, all that kind of jazz. And I was just wondering where the next article was saying, Conor McDavid <laughs> flies to Toronto for two weeks, traded? Yeah. <laughs> to expect that, like, Toronto centric. <laughs> That would be really yeah. funny, and I really hope like There'll Steve Dangle does a joke article yeah. about it. There should be some somewhere, I imagine. If that'd be you and Tyler, could probably jump on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so the West is fairly tight uh, for the teams in the bad division. Uh, so the Pacific Division um, at the moment, you've got Vancouver leading the division uh, with sixty-nine points, nice. and Edmonton tied with Vegas uh, with sixty-six points. The wildcard teams at the moment are Calgary and Arizona on 66 and 64 respectively. And then you've got Winnipeg on 63 outside looking in. What that means is Edmonton only has a three-point cushion. And they've just lost McDavid for two weeks. And the best player on their team is Zach Cassian for seven games. Uh, so they're... Well, they weren't deep up front to begin with. Mm. And they've lost two of their top six. So do you reckon they're <coughs> going to still be in the playoffs by the time they both come back? Because I imagine that'll probably be a similar time. Yeah, um, I think probably will, just because everyone else is so bad in that division. That's true. You've got to remember that they're in the Pacific. If yeah. they were in the Central, that might be a little bit more a bit more difficult. Yeah. Um, I think it's all down to Calgary and Arizona, really, because they are really streaky at the moment. Yeah, um, they they're so up and down. Um, yeah, yeah. I, who knows? Um, it also makes me sick looking at that table, the fact that, like, Philly uh, really struggling to hold on to a playoff spot and yet they would be first in the bloody Pacific and yeah. probably tied Colorado oh no one below Colorado so they'd be third in the central if they were there yeah so that Philly's is, on oh. 71 points and they are the wild oh we are up to fourth now in the division although I thought Columbus had yeah. the you're the wildcard team I think oh wait hold on Columbus played last night did they yeah and lost they must have lost yeah because then because uh, Philly with have gone up on because they got points and less games. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so, that's two moment, losses for Columbus. Don't choke tonight, Billy. Really. I know you're going to, but don't. You're in the wild card, <laughs> two points ahead of Carolina, 
uh, with 71 points in 58 games. Um, that would put you third tied with Dallas in the central. They they play fewer games, so they win that. Okay, yeah, yeah. You would win the Pacific and no one And have wins. a big cushion <laughs> on the wild cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd have a cushion of about eight, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, good news for Colorado and St. Louis on that. Hopefully. Uh, so. Yeah, you've got quite a cushion on the on the wild card <laughs> teams and less games played because well, they're just terrible. <laughs> the battle for the top of the central should be good. Because we're, the Avs have played one game less than St. Louis, um, and sorry, St. Louis, uh, and are two points behind. So in theory, we could be tied and see what happens down the stretch. So yeah, it, it's it's exciting for for Avs fans because well, we're not quite sure what to do in these situations. Um, we're normally on the golf scorecard up here instead of mm. anywhere else. So yeah, this this is going weirdly well. Looking at that table was quite funny actually. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of chat about. Um, I think it was, I think probably on Dangle podcast, um, I'd imagine. So firstly, I just did a Steve and I managed to bring stuff about Edmonton back to my team. So uh, way to go. Uh, but just looking at this. Um, <laughs> I'm just lace it that yeah, that. exactly. But, but looking at this table is hilarious because you've got over in the West, there's most teams are on negative goal difference, pretty much all the only ones there's only six teams oh no Arizona are positive sorry so seven teams in the west are positive goal difference um which is really really embarrassing for the yeah. west but even funnier is you got Vegas plus five Edmonton plus three Vancouver plus 15 okay no not bad Dallas plus 10 St. Louis plus 17 and then Colorado plus 45 like Jesus <laughs> Christ like how are they not top oh dear <laughs> did did you see uh, Tampa's top, I imagine, at 53? Oh, Tampa and Boston are just... Did you see different. Detroit's goal differentials as I scroll past? I didn't, because I had a feeling that you might bring that up in trivia, because they're setting some new record or something they at this are. rate, aren't they? Yeah, no. so do you want to guess a uh, uh, yeah, goal differential at the moment? <sighs> okay, so, I've been, so I had a load of issues on my podcast um, app, so I've been having, I've had like four or five... Steve Daniel podcast catching up yeah. while I've been traveling this last week. Um, hence the late recording, and we actually missed the week. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, it's, um, so it's worth it's worth. I did notice that actually they were at minus 100 um, or minus 99 or something last weekend. So I'm assuming it's over minus 100 at this point. Nope, they're still on minus 99. They are holding ah, back. Wait, they won a game then? They are on minus <laughs> 99. <laughs> Maybe it just doesn't go high enough to go into three figures. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah no, they're on like, minus 99. Oh, uh, so near that. Um, I'm guessing then you've heard uh, Jimmy Howard's um, record. I kind of... I've heard bits and tried to avoid it because I just feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, so Detroit has 12 wins this season. Uh, sorry, 14 now. Well, so it's obviously updated since then. Um I'll get his stats up separately. They're going streaking. Yeah, so um, what do you reckon his wins are this year? Wasn't he like 2, he was. 15 and I don't know, whatever, something like that. He, yeah, he only had two wins last time I saw and I now just can't bring myself to look again because I do feel really sorry for him. It's yeah. brutal. His career should not end like this. No. Um, he has two wins, 21 losses and two overtime losses. <laughs> With a three ninety eight goals against and an eight eight nine save percentage. Save percentage, that's not great. 
But goals against that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, although at the end of the day, goals against that's more of a team stat. Yeah. Really, that's yeah. that's just indicative of having no defense in front of you. To be fair, his last game it was a nine seventy seven. What are his shot totals this year? What's he faced actual shot numbers? And then how is that compared to other goalies? Because so he's faced seven hundred eighty four. Um, give me a second. I will find. Oh, okay. Right, give me a second. It's going to take me a second. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it's just, I mean, Detroit. At this point, have they just admitted that they're tanking yet? Or they may as well. To be fair, <laughs> like they're not really going. What are they going to do with Saint Louis? <laughs> nah. No, nah, I mean, I mean, they're, so they're. Um, I mean, they're still getting more people turning up to their games than uh, than Florida. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was working in other side of the world time zone um, a couple of days ago, just sort of trying to catch up with people over there, and that's great. I love doing that because it means I get to put the uh, NHL on at midnight, which is really cool. So I can sort of stay up, do a load of work, and have that on the background. Philadelphia at Florida. <laughs> There's just no one there. I'm like, guys. Your team's actually good. They're fighting for a playoff place. Tickets are like 20 bucks with a free jersey and shit like that. You know, they do ridiculous things down there. And no one turned up. Like, <laughs> like it's nuts. You know, they've got, they've, they had a boat, they've got a boat show on down there at the moment. Um, literally around the corner. Because I'm gutted I couldn't go to the boat show. Yeah. I really wanted to go with my company so I could uh, go to that game. But funny enough, they wouldn't let me go. But yeah. <laughs> um, So, you know, how they haven't sold out corporate from that because again it's a really cheap way to entertain clients yeah. like why why are they not there like yeah. why and it's still empty crazy do you want to know the most shots against you can see it on the screen here but uh the most shots against is 1498 and that's Kerry price who's currently spotting a 912 so he's played a lot more games hasn't he yeah he has um jonathan bernier so obviously uh, jimmy howard's um backup i suppose has uh, 9.90. Um, I'm having to scroll a long way down to find him. Jimmy Howard, 7.84. So he is 37th um, on the list. So I don't know what that is per game, obviously. I'd have to do yeah. some. Well, that, that, that just means he's also playing badly then to yeah. me. So yeah. if, if he had faced sort of, you know, in that number of games, if he had faced over a thousand shots, you could probably be like, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but... No, that's the, he's also got to make a save. Yeah. You know, some of these have been absolute shockers from what I've seen. Not ideal. Oh, well, well there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that answers that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair, something that was, and this is a terrible, I shouldn't make this tangent. This is a terrible idea. Um, something that was quite shocking. Jay Bowminster. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if that was at the segue or, or what happened, but yeah. Um, yeah. All the reports I've heard, he's doing okay. Um, yeah. I don't really know what the medical condition was, um, but obviously no. during the game with Anaheim, uh, he collapsed on the bench uh, and was rushed off to hospital. Game got called off. Um, all the players were going, yeah, no, like don't don't want to be doing anything with that. Um, yeah, uh, and with defibrillators are, you know, that they that that saved his life. So the reports that we've seen. Um, I'm assuming it's not hyperbole because it's not really the time to be putting out crap, you know, and shit reports. But essentially the talk is that they actually had to use the defib to get him um, 
yeah, to, to well resuscitate him, to yeah. revive him like that. So he 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 properly heart stopped whatever whatever happened. Um, so that's crazy, and this is probably don't really want to be plugging too much. No, but I was thinking this is exactly kind of, what you're about to say. You know, we don't make a secret the fact that we 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 play charity hockey tournament every year, raising money for the British Heart Foundation, um, and the money we raise does go. You know, it, it tends to be split between buying um, defibrillators and towards the research. You know, they do yeah. tell us where the money goes that we've raised, and it tends to be a big split. Um, and that's and that's it. I mean, it costs about ten grand, I think, to get a defib. Yep. Um, one of those automatic ones that it does it all for you. Yep. You so don't, you don't need to... to be specially trained. Exactly. Yeah. It tells you what to do. It basically does all the shocks for you. <laughs> you know, they're the ones you can. I could get grab one, and stick it on my chest right now. And it wouldn't do anything because it, it detects. It knows I'm fine. It knows it doesn't need to. I kind of want to test this out now. Can I have we, tested them out. Can before. we see if we can shock you? <laughs> I have tested them before actually and did all that load of training on them. And I reckon I can shock you. Yeah. Zach Cassian kicked a guy and only got suspended for seven games. <gasps> he shocked. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, that was such a bad joke. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, but yeah, and, and that's kind of why we do it. So I'm going to use that as an opportunity to, to, to do a quick plug in that. Again, Definitely. we will have our links in the descriptions of wherever you watch this. If you, yeah, if you want to try and help, um, you know, help fund some of these in the UK um, for our charity work, then yeah, please, please donate. It would be, it, it helps with situations like this. Yeah, you know, um, more and more sporting venues, arenas, even um, starting to see them pop up in old telephone boxes now. Yeah, that that's actually really cool. Yeah, because you know, no one really uses a telephone box anymore. They're getting rid of them all, but they're leaving the boxes there, and they're starting to put. Defibs in there, you know, and it's again, it's brilliant because it just does it. It does does everything for you, uh, and it, it saves lives. Only people of Jay's vintage will recall going into a telephone box with your twenty p to call home so Mama can send the carriage and pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more going back to the days of, uh, hey, here's twenty p. What's that for? <laughs> to call your mum. <laughs> tell you you're not coming home tonight yeah <laughs> yeah so, oh, wow, that's terrible <laughs> yeah so that so you know the whole like, everyone jokes about in throwing at these pick up lines and yeah, so yeah. what's the best pick up line so that's when i i'm that old that i was saying that i'm old but i genuinely do remember someone using that as a, a pickup line and it being relevant and not just for the sake of being cheesy um yeah yeah i'm old <laughs> To be fair, the uh, next kind of bit of turnover um, in the NHL has been Minnesota. Um, so obviously they've traded Jason Zucker to the Pens. He looks like he's doing very well. He scored two goals last night, so he's making a dent. Um, and in exchange, uh, it was a good offensive defenseman prospect um, whose name I've already forgotten and have it in front of me, but uh, Kalen Addison. Uh, and then <laughs> the much traded Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, and then I pick his. At some point, you're gonna think he's the problem. <laughs> nah, if we're gonna if we're gonna go someone who's always trading is the problem, Matt Duchesne. I mean, yeah, that's another. Yeah, because he was with the Isles when they were historically bad. He was then traded the off season to the Sens, who were then historically bad, and he's now gone to Nashville, who for the first time in years are not close to the playoffs. In fairness, I'm not blaming that on him at all. Oh. Um, there's so many misguided circumstances with that one. <laughs> but still. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm convinced it's Matt Duchesne. Whereas Galchenyuk Even... actually does seem to be... Um, I, I don't want to... I'm trying to think of how to say it without using a horrible phrase. Um, he, he, he just seems to be the nasty problem. You know, no yeah. one seems to really like him. 
it it looks like people haven't figured out how to get him to play to what they thought they saw in him. Now it may just be they were wrong. I also hear a lot of his teammates aren't a big fan of him. He's just not not a nice guy in the locker room, um, from what I hear. Again, that's because it's all speculation. Yeah. We, we read it from articles. We don't yeah. actually... It's not like we speak to the players and they say, oh, yeah, I don't like him. They just came for a swing round uh, Birmingham and sat down for an interview. It was good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, no, so it's all speculation at best. But yeah, he's been traded a lot. Like, hopefully he does well, but I'm not expecting it. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that one goes. But uh, from the sounds of things... Uh, Kaelin Addison should be good for the world, so that should be a name that you kind of see pop up. Um, as someone who was almost as good as Kaelin McCarr, um, no, he won't be that good. McCarr's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a death look there. Um, but, yeah, so uh, it's, it's Bill Guerin, isn't it? Yeah. I, I always try and mispronounce that name. Um, so he's traded Zucker. He's filed by Bruce Boudreau. Has Boudreau won a Stanley Cup? I can't remember. I don't think he has. I don't. I don't think so. Because I think the whole thing of Bruce Boudreau, Bruce Boudreau, bloody hell, <laughs> is um, so he's one of those. He's like probably one of the greatest regular season G, um, head coaches ever. Yeah. Like he's got one of the yeah. best records in um, in regular season like, of any coach that's ever yep. coached. But he, I don't think he's won a. But he just can't seem to get past like the second round. Yeah. Or something like that in the um, playoffs. He's, he's just never, never been got... to the finals. I've never even never been to the finals. Once. Savage. So yeah. So exactly as you're saying, there's there's <laughs> loads of talk that it's evidence that the playoffs are different. Like it's it's murder ice stick knife foot or whatever it is. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, as you say, he's one of the best coaches in the regular season. Well, if he had Zach Cassian on his team yeah, and uh, and Cassian kicks someone in the chest in the playoffs, he'd probably get a pay rise. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, either way, it's it's a time of change for the Wild, which is great, because I uh, still hate them, um, because uh, Matt Cook played for them when the Avs made the playoffs under Patrick Waugh for the first year, and they needed Tyson Barry and injured him, uh, and it was very blatant, and they advanced, and we didn't. You mean Toronto superstar, Tyson Barry? Oh, yeah. yeah. To be fair, he's looked better. Um, oh, coaching changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, he's now what I'm used to seeing. If that makes sense. Uh, to begin with, I was like, "Who the flip is that?" He's still getting a lot of shit from Leaf fans. Um, yeah. Because he was obviously so hyped, and now, but now he's hitting what he should be. Yeah. He's doing what he's meant to be doing. He's being very good. Yep. But he's because he was disappointed at first under Babcock. He wasn't being utilized well. Yeah. Um. He's Leaf fans still remember that. They still think, "Oh, he's still crap." He's still yeah. crap. But. Well, to be fair, speaking of the Leafs, it's good news for them that Anderson's back. Um, God, they've needed that. Yeah. They, they have been struggling. Although... Jack Campbell looks good. Say, he's been looking yeah. all right. I mean, first few games, he's obviously got hyped up. It probably won't last quite that good, but at the no. same time... Good. they got lucky there. A couple yeah. of good games. Yeah, that'll make a difference. But as Hutch showed, three, four games, really good. And then it's just going to go off a cliff, potentially. Yeah. And by getting him back, they haven't got to worry about that. Which is stabilise it a lot. Yeah, it's good for them. They needed it. Freddie is an all-star goalie at the end of the oh. day. He's a fantastic goalie. Very underrated player. Um, which is probably a good thing, actually, being based in Toronto. That, yeah. that the media... They don't... They don't tend not to give him too much shit. They don't give him too much praise, either. No, but... But I think he'd rather have yeah. that than get praised and then shat on the following week. 
Yeah, yeah. well, considering he's been out for a while, he was still towards the top of the shots against chart that we were looking at earlier. Um, so yeah, he's he's obviously still taking kind of a bit of a beating, but sticking with it. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, Jay, you mentioned earlier there were some updates on the um, online gaming. Um, and oh my god, help me out here, I'm floundering. No. Fuck it up. Ooh, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, sorry, I'll stop it now. Um, yeah, so just just very quickly, it's kind of it's more something that I think is quite funny, just because the irony and just it's really really the company I work for are having branding issues at the moment that's causing a bit of a knock on effect on things, and uh, it's something that seeing it in in the sports uh, and this esports. So in the Call of Duty League, I've actually been following it. Um, because it, I actually think it's quite it's quite exciting. Check it out. Honestly, it's really entertaining. To be fair, I'm seeing more and more like merch from it around and about. Now I know what the logos are. Yeah. So I'll see the logos. <coughs> and go, I know what that is. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I've been watching some of the, some of the games and the way it's broken up. It's almost like split into periods. Okay. You know, the way because they yeah. have to they have a bit of a break between the maps and things like that's kind of cool. Uh, and the commentaries and the um, overlays and just generally the presentation, the broadcast is actually really much improved. Well done. But the funny thing is, um, and it's probably only the gamers out there or those that have followed it for a few years will probably um, actually understand why this is quite entertaining. It's the fact that a big company came in and purchased Optic Gaming, who were known to be, they were the known brand. Yeah, they were the known yeah. sports team in Call of Duty, in esports. People knew of them, we would say, like we said before. Um, and if you listen to our, our episode... Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a few. We did, we talked about the Call of Duty League starting and went through the teams. We obviously mentioned there are two LA teams, and I got really annoyed with one of them. Yeah, which was Optic Gaming because everyone else is called, you know, like the London Royal Ravens and shit like that, you know. But then they were Optic Gaming Los Angeles, so they they managed to get away with being their own brand. And yeah. basically, this company came in, bought the brand, and they've killed the brand. They thought they could literally ride the brand. They are the only team right now after two, after two full rounds um, of competition. They're the only team that doesn't have a single point in the standings. <laughs> They've lost every single game convincingly. Like it's nothing has been close. Um, they got absolutely dicked on as well by Chicago Huntsmen, who are currently leading by a long way. Um, and the Chicago Huntsmen, as we mentioned previously, are basically the old Optic Gaming roster. <laughs> so they're the ones that all left when. You know, this company came in, took it over, and made so many changes so quickly that all these guys just like, oh, fuck this, we're out, yeah. we're going. They followed Hex over to Chicago Huntsman, which is his new team he started up with the yeah. money he made from the sale of Optic Gaming, and <laughs> dominating it. And yeah. So how- It's just really funny that they've done all this, they're trying to be look at us with this. Yeah. It's like, no, it's the people that made the brand. Yeah. You know, that's the thing with gaming, it's going to be very personality-driven as a from a fandom, yeah. Rather than, you know, with with some sport like your football, your rugby, it's a lot more of, you know, they are a superstar in the league. There isn't. There's much, I guess, it's more even across the board yeah. in terms of the skills of all the different players. You know, it's more teamwork. Um, you know, the individual skills don't really matter that much. So, it's a lot more on on their communication, their teamwork, and obviously. They're promoting it via online content and that kind of thing. Yeah. So the personalities are what draws the fans in, which is where that just 
this company came in, they bought it, they've killed it, and it's just really funny that well, they thought they could do it. They were talking big before it all started, and they're now the only team that has no points. <laughs> part of part of any takeover with a company is you make sure you retain the the, the staff mm. because you recognise that the staff are what. And this is kind of a, a standard takeover, I suppose. You recognise the staff are what generally runs the business. You might want some kind of key contracts or something like that. But if it's something like a team and all the team leaves, mm. what have you got? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the company I work for, we've um, we bought out by multinational corporation um, a couple of years ago. And... While we disagree on certain branding issues yeah. um, between the companies and within the group now, that's that's fine. It's just a bit yeah. of branding. We can get over that. But the, luckily, the thing they really recognized was you've got to keep the staff. And the distribution network is what we've kept. Yeah. Um, and essentially, the distribution network, that's our staff in other countries. That's yeah. the way of looking at it. Yeah. So And they knew, even though they had their own network, that actually getting rid of what people knew, those personalities that people already have, you know, links to, would have just been, it would have been suicide for the company. Yeah. It would have done. Uh, and, and it's exactly the same in this situation where they basically came in, got rid of everyone, just put their own stamp on it, but forgot to make, hold on to anyone that actually knows what they're doing, understands the brand, the culture. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, luckily you don't see it too often in sports. Hopefully no. this is like a one-off um, although maybe not a bad thing for esports because it just gives everyone, all the other teams, someone to rally and hate. Yeah, yes. that, you know, because when does... they make a comeback in a couple of years, if they manage to bring, yeah. you know, drag themselves and actually become respected again, they can almost then be the pantomime villain. They can be the heel, and yeah. actually that could be a really good angle to take. But yeah, um, how does the league work then? So I, I haven't yet looked into it. If you don't know, that's, that's <sighs> it's not a, a bit problem. of a clusterfuck. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, I'm not hundred percent sure I understand it, but okay. So each team hosts, each city involved hosts a, um, a round. So you have like a home series. And during that, so the opening event in Minnesota was very much everyone just played a couple of um, a couple of games each. That was yeah. it. You know, nothing crazy. London was last weekend. Okay. So that was the second big round. Yeah. And it looks to me, because I only saw just a couple of the matches, I didn't see that much of it. It looks like it's you win... So you get points for winning your games. So you'll play two or three games. Um, yeah, I know, right? There he is. He's just got the table up now, the big fat zero. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, dear. It looks like they didn't even bother coming to London. Oh, no, that means they didn't even get out of the buddy group stage. Yeah, so, so you get that. You get points for winning um, the game. And then if you win, then at the end of like the weekend, so on the Friday evening and the Saturday evening, they do your, your games, your round robin, essentially. And then... The people who are sort of what like top of the standings for that particular event will go into a winner's bracket. So four teams then get the opportunity to go forward and win some bonus points essentially by winning a bracket, like a knockout bracket at the end. You know, so it gives you an opportunity to win more points, get bonus points. I th yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's what I un understood it to be. It looks like you do sometimes get time off as well. So not every team is at every event. Yeah, and I'm. Looking at the schedule, that it looks could be like what those are. Yeah, that could be. Um, yeah, so Atlanta, Minnesota, yeah. Florida, and Op and Optic didn't go to to London. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no. Well, London are doing well. They're they're fourth. So I'll mm. say that. Oh, well, our hometown yeah. team that we obviously both fiercely support. Yeah, uh, and you can eat rubbish if you disagree. 
Yeah. Was that impassioned enough? <laughs> or in their moss. <laughs> what was Wenger thinking? <laughs> Bringing on Walcott. <laughs> um, so I... I do. That's, that's the problem with the London Royal Ravens. <laughs> they try and they walk just, it. Exactly. They try to walk it in the goal every time. It's, uh... <laughs> they get the bomb, try and walk it in. Um, yeah. Well, I do have some trivia that relates to gaming. Oh, okay. Would you like to go through that? Yeah, we can do. It was yeah. meant to be a short segment, so... But yeah, why not? I mean... Nah, go with it. Go with it. Go on, trivia. It's all good fun. Or we can save it for, for the end if there's any, anything else we need to talk about hockey-wise. Is there? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm, uh, I'm really unprepared for this one. Cool. Well, let's have a look. Yeah? Go on then. You, yeah. you got the screen. Nerd. Huh. <laughs> uh, <coughs> oh, oh actually, while well, well, I was quickly just checking on this and getting the uh, stuff up, sailing, there is actually a quick bit of news. So we, we mentioned about um, Gimson qualifying for Tokyo um, in the NACRA class of her GB. Uh, so he has gone on, and they actually just won the world championships. So um, this last week, which is really cool, great way to to start the Olympic year is get that world championship win, and kind of vindicates the selection um, in that they were the ones selected over Saxton, and I think that kind of vindicates that in that you know you selected us and we're not going to disappoint. You know they went out and won it. Great, awesome news. Um, really pleased for him. Really glad that they, uh, they got that win and hopefully sign of things to come later this year. Um, with Tokyo, they're, they're still determined it's going to go ahead even with all this coronavirus um, stuff going on. So hopefully that will work nicely. All be good. They'll get out there and uh, have some cleaner water than they did in Rio to sail in. That would be nice. <laughs> no, no turds just floating past, you know. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah. Oh, speaking of coronavirus as well. Uh, sorry, the dogs just started snoring. I was like, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, that, that's not a coronavirus. Speaking of not, by the way. Um, yeah, speaking of that. <laughs> I was like, that's so, uh, yeah. so I've been um, so I've been travelling late this, this last week, and I'm about to do it again this week as well um, with work. But tell you what, the Italians are taking coronavirus seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, you were it's saying so weird. So landed in Venice on Monday morning, like bleary-eyed kind of thing, you know, stupid o'clock flight, as always. Uh, and we just walk in there, and they basically came off the sky bridge, um, or sky walk, whatever you call it, and the doors weren't opening. So we couldn't get through to passport control. Like, What's going on? And then the doors behind us closed. <laughs> the sky bridge, like, what? what the hell? <laughs> you know, we're like locked in, all the passengers are getting off this plane really early. We we're trying to get off the meetings, and we're just locked in. And then these three guys in bright red hazmat suits and like gas masks on but he step out in front of us uh, make us all get into a queue and just like flipping going through doing temperatures and tests and shit like that and uh, two armed guards with them like alright <laughs> it was quite severe I mean, for something that really is just a glorified flu um, sure it's a new string I get it you know it's uh, we just need to yeah. find a way around it I mean, I thought it was a bit of an extreme response. I mean, what are they going to do? If, if I had a, a raised body temperature, were they going to put me down? I, <laughs> it's just so weird. So weird. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, have you seen the bits on Dustin Bethlehem? And the Huna one, huh? Dustin Bufflin. Is he retired yet? No, not yet. Oh. Um, but it looks like it's coming towards the end of the, the saga in Winnipeg, so we might actually find out more. 
Um, hmm. Yeah, he decided against playing, and so the NHLPA thought that his chances of winning in his uh, settlement with uh, Winnipeg were higher. And so if it's lawyers being lawyers, really, and being a pain, and they get in the way, and they're the worst. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, yeah, I just don't really know much on that story other than he's made enough money. I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme. Obviously, if he's owed the money, he's owed the money. Um, but I don't think it really matters too much. Yeah. Um, oh, Flyers news. Uh, Carter. Carter Hart is back. Carter Hart. Yeah. Right. Did okay. I do it? Interesting. Um, yeah, so he's, he's back finally for Philly, so we can all breathe... Ah, oh, finally. Um, and he, he came in and his first game back on the road and came out with a nice, nice big win in Florida. So that was really good for his confidence, I think. He's obviously struggled on the road this season. He's been he's been putting up the best goal in the NHL at home. He's insane in the Wells Fargo Centre. Um, but as soon as he goes... You said that to me before uh, the Flyers away game at Colorado. And I was like, nah. And watched it and was like... Oh, okay. yeah. I don't know whether this is he seems to be slightly off in his positioning when he's um, in the away games. I don't know whether he's he's just so comfortable with the sight lines um, in the Wells Fargo and he needs to learn to adjust quicker. I don't know, um, but yeah, he had a hell of a game, um, which was really good to see. You know, he they didn't rush him back from injury, which is something that I'll be honest, the Flyers over the years have been particularly bad for. They, as much as they like to look after the players, they are very much a case of if the player says they're feeling good, they just let them go. They let them play, and it's kind of like... It's the, oh, apparently someone at the front door. People are starting to arrive. Well, shall we deal with that trivia then? Yeah, let's deal with the trivia, and then we'll... Uh... Oh, Jordan says show up. Oh, okay. Oh, well, no, we'll shut them out. Oh, there oh, we go. We got rid of them. Cool, there um, we go. Yeah, so my trivia is obviously about the online gaming. Yeah. Um, and it was essentially, where where's the money in online gaming? Because obviously there's a lot, mm-hmm. but it's pretty much revolving around the money in online gaming. So there was an item in Diablo 3 that sold in 2012 called the Echoing Fury Mace. How much do you think it sold for? Like uh, what? In the in-game, what's in, the character? So it is a it's a powerful in-game weapon. Okay. That does in, it kind of pay to win a bit. Um, yeah. How much would you pay to win? And it's in pounds. Okay. I don't know how much would we pay? Probably. Well, I wouldn't pay anything. You know, not, not doing that. Um, but there were, people throw some ridiculous money out. Sorry, we just we just had a dog stolen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep, they do. I don't know, two hundred quid. 10,000. Well, what? <laughs> yep. So the Echoing Fury Mace in 2012 you bought my car sold for, for £10,000. Now, obviously, there's Jesus. there's loads of microtransactions as well. So uh, you can kind of, in World of Warcraft, you can buy mounts for $25. In Fortnite, you can buy dancers for $5. Um, there was a commemorative skin for one weapon in Counter-Strike. Um, that didn't in, like didn't make it any better at all. It was just a visual skin. Yeah, that was it. How much do you think that sold for? Depends. Where was it sold? Was it, it was it was it sold by T Martin and uh, Syndicate? Don't think so. Sorry, that's a really niche reference as well. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> um, that was a big scam, scam like thing that they were accused of. I don't know if they actually did or not. I kind of wasn't that interested in it at the time, but 
Yeah. There you go. A bit of a, a very niche joke for anyone that actually follows that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Counter Strike again. That's another one where because it's like a it's a really cheap game to buy in the first place, isn't it? Yeah. I, so yeah. so I think people are more likely to chuck money out in that situation. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to say it's some like especially given the other one was ten grand. Uh, I'm going to say sort of twenty. Sixty-one. What? Sixty-one thousand dollars. Uh, for just this commemorative skin. It does nothing else other than looks pretty. Huh. $61,000. What is the most expensive item ever sold in online gaming? Oh, it's going to be something in World of Warcraft, isn't it? It's not. Oh, okay. It's. Do you want to know the no, game? Not, not the Sword of a Thousand Truths? <laughs> <laughs> no, they wouldn't sell that. I cried. Um, <laughs> Can't trust it to a noob. <laughs> can you guess the game? Um, well, clearly not, because World of Warcraft would have been my guess. <laughs> the game is Entropia Universe. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, never heard of it. How much do you reckon a planet in Entropia Universe sold for? A planet? Planet. Right. What, what, what does the planet do? Uh, what can you like build I on it? Is, um, it? is it a bit so, like a Ready Player One book, um, <laughs> where it's like all set in that so virtual reality? So, from what I understand about Universe, it's a bit like Second Life, where you essentially go. Around oh yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, in which case, so I built a Second Life. Um, I actually built a classroom on that when I was working at the university, and that's actually where we are now. <laughs> uh, no, so we, we actually, I do remember we did have to buy one because we we pioneered online learning for universities and actually offering it as a full time part of the course. Yeah, um, you know, a legitimate credit system rather than just whatever. But to do that, we explored different ways, and I do remember on Second Life we we just bought a, we bought a country, yeah. I think it was, rather than a planet or whatever, yeah. or no, an island. But bought yeah. an island, and I believe that actually cost the university. Twenty thousand pounds, like actual money, money yeah. to do it, and yeah. um, but then when we could develop what we want on it, so a whole planet. And given that you're quite shocked, I'm going to say it was over a hundred grand. It was. Yep. Okay, I'm going to say one hundred and twenty. Six million. What? What? <laughs> six million dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they brought a planet for six million dollars. Wow. Genuinely, I saw the sixty-one thousand for Counter Strike and went, "Oh, that must be one of the most expensive ones." Started researching it and went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like Jeez. it's factors of ten off. That is ridiculous. That's not. And yeah, that is the one that was sold for the biggest amount for any virtual item in the real world. Um, Jesus. Which players in the NHL could that buy you? <laughs> is why I've opened this up. That will buy you a Zetterberg, a Larkin, a Marchand, a Shifley, a Hellebuck. So many um, different people. Yeah, you can get yourself uh, a lightly used Sean Monaghan. Exactly. Um, it will get you a lot. Um, Jeez. Yeah. Well, so. can you get McKinnon for that? Yep. Holy uh, Not quite. Nearly. You have to, you know, you have to stretch the stretch the wallet a little bit more. <laughs> but still, that's not. Oh, in fairness, you can get yourself a Milan Lucic for that price. Yay! I think. <laughs> yep, and. Uh, I think it's Jeffler um, that may have said it, but it was the. Uh, oh no, it's not. It was Greg Wachinski, wasn't it? Talking about their uh, scary intimidations per sixty. <laughs> yeah. Biggest stat in the NHL right well, now. If you want that, then you've got uh, Matt Zuccarello <laughs> for bang on six. So that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that should be good. Um, 
if you take that forward then, <laughs> in 2012, the value of the market for buying and selling items in online games mm-hmm. was... Uh, do you want to try and guess it, actually? So in 2012... Very few games allowed you to sell and trade items. Well, there was less microtransactions and shit back then. Yeah, exactly. So there, there wasn't that much uh, that you could do um, in terms of kind of buying and selling. And it was like your third-party websites, like your gold sellers on Warcraft and things like that. Yeah. What do you reckon the value of the market was? <sighs> 10 million? 15 billion. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, I have the figures for what it is what it was in 2018. Okay, well, given there's one of the fastest growing industries and microtransactions are taken over everywhere. Yep. Uh, no, it must, be, it must be nearing a trillion at this point. If it's worldwide, if it's the entire world, it must be must be nearing a trillion, surely, because the amount of Koreans chuck on um, like League of Legends and uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, like, it's not quite that high. Okay. Um, so it's 50 billion. Okay. Um, what do you reckon the global box office was in that year? No idea. Higher or lower? I'm going to say lower. Yep. Uh, so the global box office was 41.1 uh, billion, uh, and obviously that was 50. Um, do hmm. you reckon, and this, I, I should have done this a different way around. I mean, surely, does that not legitimise. Um... Yeah, like the, the online media, that kind of thing, and, yeah, uh, and well, and esports essentially, because it shows yeah. that. And this, this is the argument I'm going to try and make. So, the Call of Duty League, I know that now on Call of Duty, I did see an advert, an actual advert on TV. Yeah. You know, saying that you could buy the skins for your character in the game of your favorite team. Yeah. You know, because um, yeah, I and mean, that, that's where you make your money, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's it, and that's that's a market that should be getting tapped. Like, why not? Yeah, so um, my question was then going to be, how many of the major sports leagues do you need to add together to total the revenue from online transactions? So the revenue Premier from, League. for example, the Premier League. Premier League's uh, <laughs> turnover, 4.8 billion. Okay. MLB, 10.8. I was say that's got to be pretty high. NBA, 7.4. NFL, 8.1. NHL, 5.09. I thought that was going to be in the millions, if I'm honest, rather than millions. (laughs) Um, But what that means is the total for the NHL, the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, and the Premier League is 36.19 billion, or only 72% of the revenue for online games. And this is why Premier League football teams now are getting involved in the FIFA online gaming, and they're making a proper competition with prize money and stuff now, because again... Like there's, I think well, Man City is quite entertaining. But yeah, they're true, obviously, yeah. maybe it's one of their loopholes, who knows. But they, they've actually got, they actually employ pretty much on a footballer's salary as well, a professional FIFA player yeah. who represents them at these tournaments. He, get, he gets paid millions oh, yeah. by Man City to go and represent them and be at these tournaments. Um, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, fair play to mine. Jesus Christ. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I'll play FIFA every day for millions. Well... <laughs> if you win, how much do you reckon you get? So I have... Depends on the competition. If you're playing Counter-Strike Go in a regional tournament, so for example, if you went to the Birmingham mm. tournament, it's not as big here, but the equivalent yeah. of the Birmingham no. tournament, how much do you reckon the prize money would be? $10,000 for an individual? Exactly. Something like that? Yep, $10,000. Yeah. How much do you reckon the highest ever is? 
In Counter-Strike? No. In general? Yeah. And can you guess the game? Right. So I know... Because what, yeah, what got Nature Shot going and his ability to set up um, 100 Thieves was... So with Optic back in the day, I do remember they won uh, a $1 million prize pool. Okay. Um, what was the game? That was that was Call of Duty, the million dollar one. Which one was that? Was that's Black Ops Two, I think. That okay. was that was the first like that was the first one to have a million dollar prize pool. I remember yeah. that much. I'm gonna say it's gonna be either Dota or League of Legends. It it's, is. It's got to be. Yep. It's Dota Two. Yep. Just because. Yeah. China and Korea. I mean, they're the biggest markets for it. Yeah. And they love it yeah. because they're all cheap to play, and you know. They're actually quite a level playing field from what I hear to get to get into. Yeah. And it's gonna be ridiculous. Huawei or someone's probably sponsored it. So no. I'm gonna so say like interesting three thing or this, four million dollars probably, I don't know. The interesting thing about this is it was crowdfunded. Okay. So the way they raised this is uh players in game would buy a compendium uh for the tournament. And as part of that, twenty five percent of the sales went into this prize pool. Ah, uh, okay. The prize pool, what did you guess? I'd say about five million. Thirty-four million. Wow. So just selling <laughs> that compendium raised them $136 million. Wow. That is ridiculous. Although being again China, Korea, that kind of thing, because of the population size, chances are they only paid a dollar each for it. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, like I it, guess you would have entered I think the tournament. It was about ten dollars. Yeah, because think... you would have started off at a quite like a local tournament, like you say, and you would have worked, worked your way up, wouldn't you? Yeah, so exactly that. Anyone can enter. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. We're in the wrong business, mate. We really are. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, um, and yeah. As a result, that is the biggest prize pool I could find. Wow. Which is absolutely ludicrous. That is crazy. Yeah, because didn't the um, that Fortnite did uh, that big tournament in Wembley or something? Or the O2 in yeah. London. They had that big European tournament or world tournament for Fortnite. It was like 10 million or something. Yeah. It was a prize pool. Yeah. So the winner ended up taking three and a half million or four million home or something like that. Yeah, it's absolutely. Some like 16 year old kid is like, oh, you lucky bastard. You are set for life <laughs> now, mate. doing the wrong thing. Well played. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my trivia. Yeah. Well, there you go. Cool. Well, sorry it took so long for us to get to it, but I think we're going to have to wrap it up there just because we both got to shoot off. Um, we'll try and get another one recorded fairly quickly as well um, and then when we go skiing so we're actually going away uh, next weekend for a week but we're going to be away group of us so what we'll probably do is try and record a couple of podcasts in the evenings when we're out there yeah um, we'll do like a specific snow sport one just because um, that's what we're doing yeah and then we'll do our usual usual podcast as well yeah. so we'll, we'll try and get some content while we're there and uh yeah, that could be awesome. And maybe if we can download Anchor on our phones, we might even be able to um, try and record some some segments when we're on the uh, on the piste. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's gonna be quite actually, actually be quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, Skiing down, just hear me, hearing me go, "I'm better than you." Yeah, exactly. A bit of a yeah, podcasting nah, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Well, cheers for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Make sure you follow, subscribe, whatever it is you need to do on your uh, on your favourite podcast listening platform. Um, Make sure you comment on all of uh, Jay's dog's photos. Dear, oh dear. I want you to comment, nice bitch dog, because now I won't be the only one. Okay. <laughs> a terrible reference from a podcast from like five years ago. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's one for your Leaf fans. <laughs> um, cool so yeah really appreciate it guys um, 
I would say leave us reviews and ratings and stuff as well, but I don't think at this point it really makes a difference. But hey, if you want to, no, do feel it. Feel free. Feel I, free. I want you to stroke my ego, so do it. Yeah. <laughs> dear, dear. Cool. So cheers, guys. We will see you or speak to you uh, next time. Okay, Bye. see you.